Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Thank you, everybody, for taking an interest in our business. Uh, I hope you're going to find this interesting. We look forward to your questions at the end. Um, well, let's start at the beginning, I suppose, and that is what's happened in this first half, which ended on the 3rd of April, began in the beginning of October. Well, I suppose the highlight or low light, depending on how you look at it, was Plan B. So just for those with short memories, Plan B was uh, a U-turn by the government when COVID um, increased in this early December. On the 8th of December, they announced Plan B, which was uh, wear masks, face masks indoors generally, work from home if at all possible, um, and then a lot of very confused messages about Christmas parties, which eventually came down into, well, obviously, if we're saying work from home and wear masks, um, we're not going to advise you to go to your Christmas party. Um, and the, the result of that uh, for the industry, uh, well documented, I think one of the industry averages were 40% down in sales in December. Uh, we were better than that, actually. We were probably around the 30 mark. But uh, the central London restaurants, you saw the bookings falling away dramatically the moment that announcement came up, actually, on the 8th, even before they further clarified as they went along. Uh, so that plan B was eventually lifted uh, 27th of January. And just to bear in mind, that was uh, that's you know, the key background point, I suppose, for the first half of uh, uh, first, uh, the first half of these results. Um, I mean, on the more positive side, you know, we are seeing an increase in tourism in London now. I think last year it was between seven and eight million inbound. That means international tourists coming to London. Uh, and this year they're forecasting around 20, 21 million. 2019 had 40 plus million to give you a feel of the sort of the scale. But we're definitely seeing more, more tourists uh, coming back. In this time period, we've opened a big copper site in Putney with extensive outdoor seating overlooking the river uh, next to Putney Bridge. And we've opened our new brand, Notchy, which is a pasta specialist restaurant. It's really, it's all about very high quality pasta, very reasonable prices, cocktails on tap, again, very reasonably priced. And that's opened in, uh, that opened in March in Islington, overlooking Islington Green. I'm delighted with the, uh, the first few weeks of that business. Overall, the hotel performance has been very good, actually, despite all this. Average room rates and occupancies up uh, significantly. You'll get some more details on the room rate and occupancy figures shortly. And then, of course, we've got a distinct look at the last 11 weeks, which actually focus on the time where the next thing that came along, obviously, we all know about it, uh, war in Ukraine and all the ramifications of that. Uh, and what's encouraging that, you know, as I'll go on, uh, we'll go on to say that this, despite all that, uh, in the last 11 weeks, we are where comparable up on 2019, which given the sort of relentless um, slew of negative news about cost of living, inflation, uh, rising of interest rates, et cetera, et cetera, you know, is very encouraging. And I think um, speaks to the wider picture that, you know, I've been involved in a lot of recessions in the past. I haven't caused any of them, I hasten to add. Um, but in 2000 and 2008, in fact, back to the early 90s, but in 2008, you know, we built significant businesses at that time onwards. And there's a sort of embedded culture about eating out in the UK that I've seen over a 30-year, 30 30-plus-year 30 career. 
where it's become totally embedded. It's a way of life. It's the way people live. And actually, it's not really discretionary. It's uh, part of the way people's lives, um, how they define their lives. So it's been exceptionally resilient over the last 30 years. And I, th I think despite the issues we're facing now, which ultimately sort of had a temporary route, which is the war in Ukraine, uh, I think um, people will still search to go out and enjoy themselves. And I think particularly our demographic is a little bit more resilient than others. Um, and a bit more about that later. Delivering against our strategy with increasing availability of prime sites. I mean, the only silver lining in this sort of series of external events that have, you know, weighed against any customer facing business for all sorts of different reasons. And let's not even talk about transport strike um, is that there are uh, great availability now, finally, of um, sites coming through. There was, there was a period of constipation in the market where sites weren't really coming through because tenants had a lot of protection, but that protection is now falling away. And if they haven't paid their rent um, and have no plan to pay their rent, then the landlords can actually um, take back possession. And we are really seeing now a, a beginnings of a flood of sites coming, coming to market. I'll give you some details later about some of the sites we've got and the deals we've got on those sites, which I think is very interesting. Uh, and I think also, unfortunately, in this situation, also, you know, there's going to be further casualties um, because people were benefiting from rates and VAT benefits. And they're, you know, they, they're, they've come back to full price now. And there's a lot of interesting stats out there that people who are trading from month to month and have no cash reserves. So I think you know, that that lends itself to the site availability as well. Um, so that's really the, you know, the background picture. We're pleased that we're getting prime sites now at 50% less than we would have got them. Sites that would not have been available to restaurateurs uh, in the past. Prime retail pitches, for example. Um, and we'll talk about Bath, one of our sites opening this summer. But we'll give you some examples of that. So that's where we are. Um, and I'm going to give you over to Ollie to take you through some of the more detailed numbers. Thanks, Andy. So, uh, look, on a, a positive note, it's nice to uh, finally be speaking to you, uh, having been able to trade for the full period. So being open for the full 26 weeks, it's the first time uh, we've been able to do this as we floated a couple of years ago. And if you remember back, this is versus seven weeks. That's all we could trade in 2021 and just the 24 in 2020. So that's encouraging. But as Andy said, it was another COVID impacted period for us and for all of hospitality. I think. Um, Andy gave me some stats on the impact of Plan B. I think the overall impact on the industry was uh, estimated at three billion alone in just December. And obviously, whilst there was a recovery after the the lifting of restrictions in January, obviously there's a there was a hangover effect. So a number of months that were impacted by COVID. Having said that, our like for likes in the three uh, regional Copper Club sites were up despite that for for the first half of the year versus 2019. So encouraging for us. And obviously there was only three comparable sites. We're now up to nine coppers. And overall, they were sort of in line with our expectations. Really encouraging the hotels delivered a really strong performance. So obviously you can see there up 11% like for like on 2019. Actually, the room revenue as a whole was up 76% on 2019 with Streetly, one of our hotels, had limited stock back in 2019. But yeah, some really, really encouraging numbers there. 
And I guess that we look forward to at the end of the year, being able to start looking at one year like for likes, uh, getting back into the habit. Now we are trading and we were trading this time last year. Come the end of the year, we'll be able to give some uh, one year like for like performance, which, which will be a lot easier and uh, more helpful to understand. So what does that all look like from a numbers perspective? So total revenue, 17.8 million, up 439%. As I said, we were only able to trade seven weeks back in this time last year. Adjusted EBITDA of, of 1.7 million and loss after tax of 2.6. But I guess that the one thing that, again, I wanted to sort of uh, dig into and stress was the, the strength of the balance sheet. So we've, we've included sort of a cash bridge here to show where our money's gone. So we started the period with 19.7 million in the bank. And you can see, apart from some working capital and timing shifts, virtually all of the, the expenditure has gone on CapEx. So spending money on projects and sites that are there to drive future growth, drive future performance. And we, we finished the uh, period with £14.5 million in the bank and still in a net cash position of, of £1.9 million. So I think I'm going to hand over to Ishai, who's going to talk you through some of our, our, our plans. Uh, thank you, uh, Oli. Um, so, yeah, just to dive into a little bit of detail on sort of what's going on, the stuff that we are sort of we're, we're faced with and how we're dealing with it and how we're utilizing uh, the opportunities that uh, this whole thing presents. So obviously, you all know what's going out there, all the, pre- the sort of the external pressures that not just the industry, but the economy as a whole is, is facing. So what, what are we doing to sort of tackle these, uh, these uh, challenges? So you see there sort of, sort of many management competitive you know, benefits and, and, and cost management. What does that sort of boil down to? I think at the end of it, this boils down to how do we maximize the sales, maximize our, our outdoor spaces and maximize peak periods by using different strategies. So as far as menu management is concerned, we are, uh, we've said that before, in a fortunate position where our, our, our concept, you know, especially with, uh, with Copa, our menus are not single product menus. We're not a um, sort of a fried chicken concept or, or a pizza concept or, or anything like that in that respect, which means we, uh, we have quite a variety of, of, of items that we can play around with, a variety of dishes, a variety of techniques that we can use. We have a chef that is in, in effect on you know, board level, if, if anything by name, so on a board level making that decision, which means we are very quality conscious to start with and we can pivot quite quickly, even though we're, we're not small anymore, we can pivot quite quickly and create um, uh, alternatives and, and you know, massage our menu without uh, compromising quality and still deliver the, the, the value that our guests want and deliver the margins that we need. And how do we know that this exercise has been successful? It's very easily me- measure- measurable these days. First of all, obviously the metrics of the uh, uh, you know how much you know how much you know the sales mix and the and the margins, but also the the guest satisfaction scores. So the guest scores and our NPS scores has consistently grown up. Actually, our menus as it stands at the moment, uh, we have the highest food scores we've ever had as a company, which is extremely um, encouraging for us. So that's to do with sort of menu management, but not just that, supply chain, um, cost management. So, you know, uh, our use of tech, so whether it's pay a table or order a table, uh, how we measure our success when we change things with um, uh, uh, sort of all sorts of tools that gather uh, uh, feedback about us externally from our guests on, on social media or through through all the different channels, how we use our, our central reservation um, team 
to to sell? How do we use our sales team to uh, to uh, to push those um, private dining rooms, weddings, whatever that is? Obviously, rooms because we have the hotels room. So we've got a lot of ways that we can sort of just turn up the notch just a little bit to get that extra extra a little bit of extra tendering. You know, obviously, this is with supply chain issues that we have, consolidation and, and very intelligent tendering on product lines, central production. There's a lot of things that we can do to mitigate those external challenges. Going back to our teams, obviously, the issues with staffing and recruitment um, in the industry is well documented. I'm sure you all are very well aware of it. We were very quick to realize that quite a while ago, about a year and a half ago, we, we saw that coming. When when it came, we sort of we instantly recognized it. Um, even when we opened Cobham that while ago, we decided to pay about 70 people furlough out of our own pocket because they were not eligible for the government uh, grant. And we reaped the rewards for that. Um, we put a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of resources into our uh, recruitment, retention, training, and development things like introduce a friend, things like retention bonuses, um, flexible working time. Um, you know, we still have a while to go, don't get me wrong, but this translates to a lower vacancy rate than the industry standard. I mean, at the moment, we stand at around sort of just um, under 10%, which is, which is great for this time of year because this is the time where we need the most people and actually we are, it's not impacting our business. We don't need to close anywhere. We don't need to change hours of operation. So all in all, um, yeah, uh, I mean, we need to be with our finger on the pulse, but we're very, you know, we're pleased with the work we've done so so far. And as far as taking advantage of external tailwind, obviously the hybrid working thing is here to stay. And because we're not London centric in many ways, this benefits our more regional sites. That is the DNA of the business anyway. So even without COVID, we would still be that flexible place that you can use as you want, but that a little bit plays to our strength. As Andy said, tourism returning um, sort of 50% up on, on, on last year, more than 50% up uh, on last year. Still a way to go to 2019 numbers, the 40 million, but even 21 million is, is, is a, lot, a lot better. And we can already see it in the numbers that we're doing in central London, especially, uh, you know, Tavolino Tower, uh, you know, or Copa Tower Bridge, uh, some really impressive numbers. And, and as Andy said as well, there's definitely this, I'm not saying floodgates, but you can definitely see the sites coming in. There was sort of a desert for a while because everything was constipated and now the sites are coming. So again, this is just to touch on who we are, what we are to remind you guys. I guess the overriding thing we're looking for is a, a, in effect 30% ROI. And we don't necessarily need to have a spec for each brand. I think the the advantage that we have is for our Italian divisions, you know, for Tavolina and Nochi, which in effect are big sister, smaller sister kind of thing, and Coppa. Between them, we literally can use almost any single site. And it's all about the location, the suitability, the layout, and can we make the 30% ROI? That will dictate how much money we're going to spend on it as far as CapEx. And, and, it just gives us the ability to use a lot of places and to, to um, consider uh, sites that other, um, you know, other operators or some of our competitors would potentially not be interested in. And, you know, you take, for example, um, you know, you see that just the difference on this page alone with Nochi being three and a half thousand to uh, a big Copa that could be 12 or 13,000 square and, uh, you know, both ends 
can give you the return that you want. And again, just to see the sheer variety of what we've done over the last year or so. So we've done Patni in November and, you know, the beautiful Riverside location. We took two sites that didn't really work. So bunched them together, really nice outdoor space with about 150 seats and it's beautiful clubhouse. We were there yesterday, actually, even with the strikes and everything was doing really amazing business. Nochi, as Andy said, our pasta specialist that, you know, it's only a few weeks old, but we're really pleased with what it's doing. Some super quality product pastas, uh, great drinks, great service, very reasonable prices. And again, only three and a half thousand thousand square and it really does the trick. And on the other hand, we got we opened up a really beautiful place in Hazelmere, an old uh, pub with uh, 13 rooms on top, turning it into this beautiful clubhouse with massive outdoor spaces, with a play, you know with places for private dining on the high street, an absolute gem of a place that's quite quite a lot larger. Obviously, it's, it's three and a half thousand without the rooms. So um, yeah, do a little bit of everything, and we can make all all these things. Um, sort of sing and dance, which is which is brilliant. Uh, that is it for me. I'm going to pass it back to Andy for um, the next one. Thanks, Ishai. I mean, you know, looking at the sales, it's quite unusual. So this week, obviously, we've got the rail strike, but the first three days of this week are up 10% on the last three days, the first three days of last week, and both, both had good weather. So it shows how... Um, copper, the work from home, that's the copper stuff, copper, the work from home and the regional split uh, of our businesses, you know, even in a big train strike, we're up. I mean, I have to say I'm a bit surprised, but we are up. I wouldn't say that we'll probably not end up the whole week up, but um, that's the story of the first three days. We talked about this 11 week thing, which I think is really important because everybody gets nervous at these times when there's endless bad news, but the businesses continue, continue to grow during this period. And I think you know, perhaps British public are sort of a slightly inured to this constant barrage of bad news and then continuing with their lives. We've talked about the hotel room stuff before. I mean, it's slightly flattered by Streetly not being fully open uh, in those like for likes. I think Ishai's point about not closing a lot of restaurants, you probably noticed yourselves in London, Mondays and Tuesdays are closed. We've, uh, we've never had to close uh, due to lack of staff. In August, we'll be opening the site I was telling you about in um, Bath, um, four-story Georgian townhouse, absolutely stunning. Um, uh, Ollie says, I can't tell you how cheap the rent is, but it's under half of what the previous tenant was paying. That's excluding rent-free periods and cash contributions as well on top of that. Um, And, you know, that's the exciting opportunity. And we've got three um, other large copper sites um, under negotiation, two in busy uh, Surrey towns and one in another capital city in the UK. So we've got some interesting big sites coming up. We've got early stage negotiations for Tavolino and Nochi. We're focusing in London. I'm a great believer, you know, if you've got a London business that you, you know, like Nochi or like Tavolino, build it out, out of London, all the operator in, within the greater London area and all the, um, Operational benefits of being close to your business are great, and you can get around all the businesses very easily and quickly. Um, you know, back in the day, I built a business with 27 restaurants in London, and I'll run with 14 restaurants in London, Greater London, before I moved out of London. So it's uh, it's definitely an exciting opportunity. And everybody's seen the high streets. Um, I live in Richmond. Uh, I mean, nearly all the retailers disappeared in Richmond, and there are many site opportunities in many wealthy London suburbs. 
which would be perfect for the Italian, uh, starting off the Italian division expansion. In um, summary, you know, the danger of repeating ourselves, you know, it's solid trading, despite all the stuff that's been thrown at the world and at the UK and at us in particular. Um, rollout strategy is the least of our worries because the sites are available, uh, as Ishai explained, and we've got these options of, um, you know, our overall strategy, if you look at the map, you know, at the moment it's broadly in the south, uh, and there's plenty of opportunities in the south, and, uh, but, we, you know, we are looking in big cities, uh, particularly for copper, in York and in Birmingham and in Manchester and in Liverpool. But, you know, we will focus initially on the south because we're a small, relatively small business and it makes operational sense. I think the um, strategic and commercial progress Ishai has touched upon, I think the pay and order at table is an interesting phenomenon. We introduced pay at table in Tavolino. Tavolino has got, I think it's got EY and PW head offices next to it. Um, and 75% of people took up the um, pay at table. So what's the benefit of that? One, um, productivity is fantastic. Two, the table gets cleared quicker. Three, the customer's happy because when you order a bill in a restaurant, you've mentally left the restaurant. And this is, um, this is a, you know, a great way of finishing, finishing positively. We're also doing some order at table in our large outdoor spaces by the river so we can focusing on maximizing sales and these enormous uh, spaces we've got in Streetly and Sonning. Um, and again, we'll do some order at table stuff there too, where you can really gain extra sales for quite a, not really that much work. Um, new website's an important thing that's coming up, that opens up uh, shortly. Uh, what's the point of a new website? The point is turning inquiries into reservations and bookings. And you can, you know, the great thing about all of the social media stuff, you can track it. So we can monitor, you know, what percentage of uh, central reservation calls, what percentage of hits on the website um, turn into reservations, what's their route through the reservations. And we've streamlined the whole thing and rebranded the whole thing. And that's going to give us a sales kick um, when that's uh, in, in early. When is it coming live, Ishai? Uh, we're doing it in the first week of uh, July. Okay. So, um, so overall, we think we've got the right brands. We know we've got the money in the bank. Um, we've got the management experience. Uh, we're just going to sensibly take advantage of the situation and get on with um, doing what we said we were going to do. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.